This is the Rundown. The rundown. The Rundown. Hosted by Luke Lipinski. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Live from the auction community studio for the next two hours, Luke Lipinski here with you, Cody Fincher, and Jeff Darge behind the glass. Cody, how's it going tonight? Wonderful. <laughs> That's perfect. That's Wasn't all paying attention, if you couldn't tell. We're four seconds in. You're already not paying attention. I That's... was, yes. Okay. Leave me alone. You looked like you were paying attention. <laughs> Uh, we got a show for you tonight. That's uh, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not even going to tease it. I'm just going to tell you we got a show. We, we had, are doing a show. We, that's right. We that have is what's happening. We're now. going to be on the air. Uh, we do have a new. I don't know. Is it a game? Is it a, a segment? I don't know. We got something new. We're going to try later on in the show that I'm excited about. And it's it's sort of Super Bowl themed, or it's at least tied to this year's uh, Super Bowl. But we are going to start with the Phoenix Suns, who get two straight wins over the Dallas Mavericks. They uh, they pick up the second one last night. In dramatic fashion, Chris Paul thirty four nine and nine. So it feels like Chris Paul is settling in with the uh, the Suns. I don't. I don't. Anybody that had worries about that, I think, can probably let go of those at this point. Suns are now three and zero against Dallas this year, which is I, I think important. Uh, not just for the whole hey they got Luka Doncic, so let's just keep beating them and get our revenge that way. Although it is a pretty good way to get revenge. But Dallas is eight and thirteen. They're thirteenth in the Western Conference. You watch them play. They're basically a one-man team uh, and that's a good one man to have and look I mean when Luca threw that shot up with less than a second to go last night it was a it was a tense moment but he obviously missed and uh, Devin Booker throwing up the shot with 1.5 seconds did not miss great to have Devin Booker back great to get the win for the Suns who are now in sixth in the Western Conference but specifically with Dallas I mean that is a team that if you're going to finish ahead of the Mavericks you're a playoff team right if you're the Suns, I mean, I know Dallas is not doing good now, but I would assume that's a team that everybody had picked ahead of the Suns. Yeah, I, I feel that that's true. I I think like Dallas has really underperformed. They have, uh, and they're not really like, yeah, Kristaps Porzingis missed a few games here and there, but like Luca's still really good. I don't really know what their problem is. Really, maybe they, maybe it's true. Maybe you do need two stars and I don't know if Chris Stops is he's just unreliable I don't know if he's, he's that star anymore you know yeah I think the Knicks permanently damaged him but if you look at the Western <laughs> well, well they've done that to a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't be the first guy uh, if you look at the Western Conference though now for me the two teams that are really underachieving are the Mavericks and the Pelicans not like I thought the Pelicans would be great but I thought they'd be better than seven and twelve but on the flip side, I did not think Memphis would be as good as they are. And they've done a lot of this without Ja Morant. And, you know, some of it is winning percentage. They've played 15 games as opposed to the Suns, who've already played 19. They'll play their 20th tomorrow. But, you know, Memphis is hanging around. So it's just, you, you're you going to have to, I still think a successful season for the Suns is either finish top six or win your way into a playoff spot, like a legitimate one. If you finish eighth, win your way into the actual playoffs. It's hard to not be encouraged that they're going to do that. We saw last night a- another way they can win. That wasn't even that good of a game. It was just Chris Paul and Devin Booker taking over. And even Booker didn't look, you know, it's understandable coming back from missing four games with a, with an injury. But he kind of eased into it and then took over in the fourth quarter with 15 points, including the uh, the game-winning three. It's It's becoming evident that the Suns don't have to be perfect to win games. And in years past... 
Devin Booker basically had to be perfect just for them to be in games. It was almost like a copy of Saturday night's game where it was really close going into half and then it was getting away from the Suns in the third quarter. Maybe not as much as Saturday. I think they were down by like 13 or something like that in the third quarter yeah, on it was Saturday. Yeah, away on Saturday. But yeah, it was slipping away from them. And then in the fourth quarter, it's just like they flipped the switch and turned it on. And it was, and also, obviously, the difference in that game was Devin Booker didn't play on Saturday and played yesterday. But just, it's, it's. They hang around in these yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they are, they're in pretty much every game, I feel like. They, they are. And, and that's a skill that, you know, you don't always have, even if you have the pieces where you would think you'd be able to do it. But they were doing it without Booker for those four games. And now they've won three in a row. Obviously, Booker didn't play in two of those. He, he made a huge shot last night. But you just look at this team and you're like, I mean, there was a sequence at the end of this game where if the Suns don't win, people are probably focusing on DeAndre Ayton today and being like, okay, you know, he had a chance to make some plays. I don't understand why he has a hard time catching passes sometimes. They need to get one of those jugs machines that, that NFL receivers have at practice and just fire basketballs at him in practice. But he had 13 that rebounds. That should be a drill. It really should be. It's like the only thing stopping him, yeah. it feels like. But uh, he it's now eight straight games, he's gone over 13 rebounds. So, I mean, there's there's that. That's sort of an automatic part of his game. Isn't it weird that he can get so many rebounds, but yet when he's on offense, he has a hard time catching the ball Yeah, I, I on don't a pick and it. roll or something. But that, like, there's a couple games here in the last week that have reaffirmed to me, I, I really don't care about his numbers unless they're extreme in either direction. Like, if he goes out there and, and has eight points and five rebounds, okay, I'm going to be upset. If he goes out there and puts up 26 and has 18 rebounds, as we saw earlier in the season, all right, that's something that, okay, when your numbers are that good, it, you know it, that tells a lot of the story, but there are these games where he's like, okay, you know, kind of hovering around double digit points, double digit rebounds, where it's like, you know, have have a, a few worse stats, but make a big play or dunk that one at the end, or you know, come up with this or catch this pass in the in the closing minutes. We've seen it a couple times in the last week where it's like, I don't really care about Aiton's numbers, I just want to see him make big plays and big moments. So they didn't need it last night; they got it from Booker, and that's they got it from Booker and Chris Paul. And when you have those two guys on the floor at the same time, this is just, it's a really, it's a intimidating and imposing team. All right, let's get into the rapid reaction. The Rundown Rapid Reaction. Rapid Reaction. Reacting to today's top three trending sports stories. All right, we'll, uh, we'll stick with the NBA to start things off. Looking like they are at least intense. Both the owners and the uh, the players' union are, are open to the idea of an all-star game on March 7th. You know, more details to come, I'm sure, as, as we get closer to that date. I don't fully understand the value of this. If they can pull it off safely, that's cool. I'll watch it. I mean, we're all, I think, a little more appreciative. I wouldn't have watched the Pro Bowl, but we're more appreciative of, of spectacles like this. It seems like a bad idea, it just, doesn't it? It seems like it, it seems like going for it. This is Cliff Kingsbury going for it on fourth down at his own thirty-five. When a first down doesn't win you the game, it just if you don't get it, you're really screwed. Like if like if, does this increase? We talk about win probability with yeah. that NFL stuff. Does this increase the probability that the season will continue successfully? I don't think so. And the NBA has been so careful with all this. I mean, they are the sport where it's like, okay, we got a guy out, so contact tracing, that team's out for a week, and all the teams they played are missing games in a lot of cases. And and they want to they play it in Atlanta, right? Yeah. 
where they have fans. They That's do. The whole reason for it. That became pretty apparent last oh night. Oh my god. <laughs> the lady oh, yelling at LeBron. Oh my gosh, dude. Uh, I mean we can we can touch on that briefly here because we don't really have another <laughs> spot in the show. That like, was really interesting. You're gonna mouth off both sides. You're really gonna start yelling at each other. I don't know what LeBron said or what she said, blah blah blah, but like you're only yelling at those two, like yelling at each other because you know no one's gonna do anything yeah. about it. Like that guy's and that guy's not gonna storm on the court and try to fight LeBron, and LeBron's not gonna go on the sidelines and fight that guy. Well, if it was Ron Artest, he might, but it's LeBron's true. not gonna do it. It's, like it's so stupid. It, it, like it really was, it really was. And LeBron's reaction afterwards was interesting, where he's like, "Yeah, I probably wouldn't have thrown him out." Like I get what the refs have to do. He was just like, "I just like having fans yeah, back. I just like having somebody to yell at me." It's it had to be weird in person. For anybody that's been to any of these sporting events in the last 10 months, I know it's been very limited if, if, to have availability to be able to, to go to any of these. But if you have been to any, I, I've heard Vince talking about the, uh, the the experience at Suns games with no fans and Kellen Olsen as well. And I've been to D-backs and, and Coyotes games. If two people are yelling at each other, you can hear them everywhere in the arena. So it doesn't even matter if it's two players yelling at each other, if it's like two workers yelling at each other. So for LeBron and this guy, and then I would assume his girlfriend or wife or whatever yelling at him, first of all, you're not, as a as a common citizen, you're not going to win a trash-talking battle with, with an NBA player. You're just not. And secondly, why are they having fans right next to the court that she wasn't wearing her mask because she was yelling at LeBron? I mean, what are we... I just love the people that take the mask down to yell. Yeah. It's like, you need to see me yell at you. Yes. You can't tell by my eyes. Yeah, why are the, there courtside the, the... fans? That's stupid. Yeah, it was. It all depends on where you are, I guess, but it's just dumb. It it absolutely does. Uh, Over to hockey, the Coyotes in St. Louis tonight, beginning a six game road trip against the Blues, a team that Clayton Keller, who has struggled recently, uh, he this is the team. He's from St. Louis. This is actually a few players with ties to St. Louis. He always seems to play his best against the Blues. So we'll see if that gets him back on track. And Cody, a story that I know is close to your heart. Major League Baseball. What? Maybe What? what? Maybe you can explain to me the logic behind and I, I know there was this long you think there's logic and <laughs> baseball mixed together that's funny there was this long legal thread on twitter that's like oh if the players engage in negotiations then they completely reopen the cba and blah 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 just figure it out the other sports aren't having these issues well, they really aren't and now apparently like the whole talk about besides when the season's gonna start and all that fans whatnot but for the longest time they didn't decide are we going to have a universal designated hitter this year? Are we just going to keep that forever? And apparently now it just doesn't exist in the National League anymore, as, as far as I know, which completely affected how, you know, I mean, we're really late into the offseason now for baseball. It yeah. doesn't feel like it, but we are. Pitchers and catchers are supposed to be reporting in like a week and yeah. a half. And some teams like in the National League who had designated hitters last year and thought maybe they were going to have some. Uh, have designated hitters this year don't didn't know how to structure their team like i saw that there there was uh the dodgers had interest in nelson cruz if there's a dh in the national League. i'm like no he hits 45 home runs yeah, a we, year please don't we don't need that on top I'll of sacrifice the dh so nelson cruz can't play the dodgers but it's just like why hasn't this stuff been figured out i don't understand i, I understand your season's about to start uh, yeah I, I mean i get that there are obstacles now to navigate that there weren't a year ago. Totally get that. 
But those don't seem to be the obstacles Major League Baseball is having a hard time dealing with. Like they're not. It's like you put the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, NFL in front of an obstacle course, and the other three sports are like, okay, we got to navigate this, and they're hitting some of the obstacles, but they're trying to do it. Baseball is like dumping more cones in front of themselves and being like, wait, let's make this harder. It really is what you said the other night. I don't think either side could propose anything where the other side would be like, oh, yeah, this seems reasonable, no matter what it is, because they were offering, and I know there's more to it, but they were offering 154 games, we'll pay you for 162, and I don't even feel like the players read it. They were like, this came from the owners, be gone. Exactly. It's like they both sides act like, okay, no matter what they said, on principle, we are going to reject it because they're trying to screw us yeah. in some way. <laughs> it's just so stupid. There's no trust between the owners and the players association it's just it's such a mess no trust at all it's a great way to put it all right when we come back uh the super bowl is coming up we don't really have that traditional media day and in fact one of the guys we're hearing from most is not playing in the super bowl he plays for the arizona cardinals we've got more kyler murray audio and specifically his thoughts on where deshaun watson might go and how the nfc west is shaping up that's next it's the rundown with luke lipinski on 98.7 fm arizona sports station the Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Welcome back to the show. Super Bowl coming up here in, what, five days? I I know I've said this. I hate the uh, I hate the extra week, and I know it's been there forever. It's not something that's going to change. The well, we had to play some Madden this weekend. That's true, Luke. We uh, were reminded that Kyler Murray is really good at video games, which shouldn't be a shock because he plays a lot of them. I'm pretty sure if he wasn't a professional athlete, he could probably make money playing video games. He's pretty good. Probably he's pretty good. But then again, like the reason why he's so famous on like Twitch and all that stuff is because he's a professional athlete, but. So in any, he, in any case, if he wasn't playing football, he could play baseball. If he wasn't playing baseball, he could play. He could just be a professional gamer. Maybe I'm now thinking this through. Yeah, and you kind of have to have a weird, not weird, but like really outgoing personality. I feel like to get follow if you're not already famous. I see on Twitch and stuff, and yeah. he doesn't really have that. So I don't know. I don't know if if he would like be able to do what these guys do on Twitch and YouTube and all those streaming services or whatnot. Maybe he would though. Like maybe he would have that that sort of personality if um if he wasn't if he wasn't a professional athlete. Like I do feel like he's a little more guarded because he's a professional athlete. So maybe maybe that's part of it. But. You're right. It would be interesting if he wasn't already famous, if he is good enough to get famous as a gamer. Uh, it was funny during the Pro Bowl, and I didn't watch the Pro Bowl thing, but I just watching clips of it later. It was funny to see him run as Kyler Murray. Like, see, you know that the Cardinals or your teams need to win with Kyler Murray running. Did you watch that clip of Snoop Dogg that he said? He's like, man, they're doing you dirty, Kyler. You're faster than that. Yeah. Madden, he is, he's he's he should be fast. I would Madden. assume he will be like what the second or third fastest player in the game next year. I, I mean, they gotta they gotta get that figured out. We've been talking about that since before the season. He should definitely be the fastest quarterback. Him and Lamar. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Kyler Murray has been making the rounds. He was on the Dan Patrick Show yesterday. Today, talking on uh, PFT Live. We'll start with uh, this. I know is from over the weekend, but this is the first time we've heard Kyler Murray talk about it. His thoughts on Matthew Stafford joining the Rams and just how much tougher that makes an already tough division. I mean, I think it's uh, it's, it's what they wanted. Um, you know, I, me personally, I love Matt Stafford. I think he's you know one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. Um, and 
like I said, I, I love watching him. I love the way he plays. I mean, he he's really uh, he's a gunslinger. You know, if you watch the game, you know he can make any throw on the field and make it look easy. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm too excited about it, but I, I you know I love to compete. So uh, it is what it is. I feel like Kyler is more lively talking to the national media. I don't know if he just gets. Sick I have that the local exact media. same thought. To yeah, me. seriously, he sounds like a different guy. And I don't know if he just doesn't like talking about you know right after games or whatever talking or talking to a big scrum of media, even though it's been in Zoom. I don't know. He, he I feel like he might just like the one on ones better. Yeah, I, you know what? That's a good point. I bet there's something to that. A, we know he doesn't like talking after a loss. But B, the Zoom things, and I'm sure everybody has done them through their job or whatever, even just with friends over the last 10 months, they are weird. You know, like, I, I don't think Kyler loves talking to a media scrum. I think he's one of those guys that prefers the one-on-one interview, which I don't blame him. I would if I was a professional athlete. But it's that much weirder through Zoom. Um, so he had that to say about Matthew Stafford. And look, the NFC West, I know if you're listening to Bickley and Murata earlier today, they've been, especially Bickley, has been banging this drum for about a week now of if you're the Cardinals, you better at least be in on talks for Deshaun Watson. I know the Texans are saying, yeah, Deshaun Watson's going to be our quarterback. He's not. If he is, it's for a couple weeks next year. Like He doesn't want to be there. You can't have your quarterback not want to be there. If you're the Cardinals, even if you're not going to trade for him, and I really like Kyler Murray, I'm... uh, a hundred percent fine if the Cardinals don't go out there and trade Kyler Murray for Deshaun Watson. I like Kyler Murray. Is Deshaun Watson better? Is he more accomplished? Yes, he is. But uh, but maybe Kyler gets there. But you need to at least be involved, and you do need to be aware of the fact that the Rams just got better. There's a story on ESPN today. I think it was Lindsey Theory uh, that wrote it, talking about how the Rams can still kind of wiggle around the cap. It's this isn't their only move. They're still trying to get better. It really is an arms race in the NFC West. It already was the toughest division. And the teams that were around the Cardinals, that would be the Rams and the 49ers, are actively getting better. The Rams were the one that that wasn't supposed to get better, really. They were supposed to be the ones that were that were stuck. But they made the playoffs. Yeah. And we don't know what the cap's going to be. They just know it's probably not going to dip as low as the one, $175 million that that it could. Like, that's the lowest it could ever go. But it's going to be lower. The Rams are going to have to get creative. But, you know, big deal. They already have their quarterback and now they, I mean, they already have Cooper Cup and that defense with Aaron Donald and Jalen Rams. Like, the Rams are going to be better. And the 49ers are going to be better. And we'll see. But if the Cardinals' plan is just, well, hopefully Kyler Murray takes another step, I don't know if that's good enough to make up for everything these other teams are doing. Uh, also from Kyler Murray, and this is maybe not the fairest question, but they had to ask it. He obviously knows DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is obviously very close with Deshaun Watson. So has Kyler Murray got any indication where Deshaun's going to go? Um, honestly, no. Um, I, you know, I, I hope the best for Deshaun. I, I kind of, I feel for him, but you know, I, I think he's in, uh, I think he's a good headspace. Uh, you know, got to play Madden with him the other day, obviously a good dude. So, um, you know, I, I hope it all works out for him. Yeah. I hope it does too. Not in San Francisco. I hope it works out. Just get away from me. Yeah. Just, just stay over there in the Please, AFC. No. That's the thing. Even if he doesn't go to San Francisco, if Deshaun Watson gets moved, if you're Houston, you at least need to be smart enough to move him out of the division. You probably want to move him to the NFC. If you're the Cardinals, you don't even want him in the NFC. Carolina, please. If that has to be the case, just Carolina. Yeah. I just I think whatever team Deshaun Watson goes to, unless it's like the Jets or Jacksonville, he immediately makes them a playoff team. As, lo- as long what as if they he are a goes team. to Miami. 
That's another. Well, they could go. To They're the Super already Bowl. a ten game winner. Yeah, that's that would be that would be my prediction of where he is. Gonna they go. they almost have. I mean, it just at the immediate for the immediate future have yeah. the most to even give. They have Tua. If they trade for Deshaun Watson, they don't need Tua, so Tua would go back to the Texans, and then they have the third pick in the draft. Yeah, I think I think they have the most. It would take more than that, but at least right now. They'd be. I feel like they have the most to give up in terms of like what what the Texans can do this year. They would have a quarterback already yeah. with Tua, and they would have the third pick in the draft, which would be weird. Because then would you also draft Justin Fields? I don't know. Or would you just address? I mean, Houston's got a lot of needs. I still think I agree. Miami could give them the most, but if if a quarterback is the objective, like if you have to get a quarterback back in the trade, which you should if you're Houston. Obviously, Kyler Murray's those, the best. They can get all those picks back that Bill O'Brien gave yeah, them. That's so good for them. They cannot have DeAndre Hopkins back. All right, back to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the big game-winning shot by Devin Booker last night. It's one game, but it is three in a row, and it's three over Dallas this season already. And I do think there's something to winning a game like that. Uh, Chris Paul talking about Devin Booker. This is from NBA TV last night. Man, you know, it's nice uh, playing alongside a guy who pushes you. You know, I trust him. He trusts me. You know, when I'm passing up shots, he he on my head. You know, shoot that C, shoot that C. And, you know, at halftime, he was talking about getting an easy bucket, and I said, we're we going to get you going. And that's a big-time shot, but I think that's big for our team because execution, you know. Everybody would talk about the shot that Book hit, but it was the play that Coach drew up. You know, it's that trust in, in our staff and execution is the biggest thing I take from this game. I think one of the things that you never know how it's going to play out when you put a big piece like Chris Paul on a team like the Suns that were already on the rise, you just you never know how the chemistry is going to play out both on the court and off the court. And I know there have been games this season where it's like, okay, they don't totally feel like all the pieces fit together. And it's not like one game or a three-game winning streak immediately changes that. But one thing that really hasn't been talked about that much is Chris Paul and Devin Booker as the clear leaders of this team, they think very similarly. They think basketball very similarly. Uh, Devin Booker had a good quote later on where he was like, yeah, we both, we'll both do whatever it takes to win. Those two, there's already that mutual respect. And that, I mean, that's a very telling quote. That Chris Paul's saying, yeah, we push each other. Chris Paul could easily came in here and been like, look, I'll fix DeAndre Ayton and I'll make your team better. Nobody's pushing me. I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm already, I'm a first ballot Hall of Fame point guard. Like, I get maybe that this is Devin Booker's team, but nobody's telling me what to do. No, he's open. And maybe this is because Chris Paul's never won a title, but he's open to being pushed by Booker. And then the flip side, give Booker a lot of credit because this is his team. And I get as his team, they've never even gone to the playoffs. But that it's Devin Booker has every right to have an ego based on what he does on the floor, and he is totally in in line with yeah. If Chris Paul can tell me something, I'm listening. I'm 100 percent listening. That's it. Sounds simple, but it's not a given that those two guys would get along so well so quickly. Here's Devin Booker. Um, like you said, you know, iron sharpens iron. You know, we we both hold each other accountable. Um, we both have that similar approach where we we want to win at all costs. Um, we're not worried about hurting anybody's feelings, you know, on our team or the other team. You know, we're going out there to win basketball games and, and whatever it takes to do that. And, you know, I'm learning from him every day. You know, he's been in every situation, you know, that I want to get to. Um, you know, so I, I have the cheat code of being alongside of him, his backcourt mate. Um, you know, from on the court to off the court, 
just everything he does, you know, I'm, I'm a sponge to it. It's a big thing. Him saying he's a sponge to it at the end. That's that's not a given. Like if this was Kyrie Irving, you think he would be a sponge to it? I know that's the extreme. I don't know if he'd be there. <laughs> that's true. He would have just left. No, I, I, that certainly that that bodes well for this team. Big picture over the next two years, and there's all this hand wringing over the last like week or so. Well, what are the Suns going to do at the end of games? Like who's going to make a big shot? How about you give the ball to Devin Booker, who makes these shots, and then he'll make the shot, and then that's it. Like that's solved. He's not going to make it every time, but I don't know. Did you have that much doubt that he was going to hit that shot when when he jacked it up last night? Uh, Did you? it seemed like a difficult shot, but it, yeah, that okay, that's fair. I would say more of my doubt came from I was worried that Luca might hit that long one to oh, just erase yeah. it. Well, that that wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Monty Williams talking about the the final play. It's a play that Chris Paul brought over. You know, I wish I was bright enough to say I came up with that play, but I've seen somebody else run it, and uh, it was a play that Chris has run before, so he knew the timing on it. DA set an unreal screen, and Book came off with the intention of, you know, getting to a spot and just raising up. So, I mean, that that stuff is <clears> – <throat> the players deserve a ton of credit for that kind of execution because we, we haven't been able to do that um, early on. I told the guys, I'm like, we got to build on that. Like, whether it's a defensive uh, execution, which we did to stop them from getting off a shot, or – offensively like that that's something that helps us build continuity yeah I like I like it stealing a play that Chris Paul's already run it's not really stealing it if you're letting Chris Paul run it again but that was an excellent uh an excellent setup and obviously if, if the play ends with the ball in Devin Booker's hands you'll take your chances if he fires that shot and you miss last night all right I mean you kind of stole the game anyway uh very strong fourth quarter but you don't want to lose with somebody else hoisting it up if Devin Booker's there and able to get the shot off, and he was. All right, we come back. Is it possible the Arizona Cardinals, even with the 16th pick, could draft a Heisman Trophy winner? That thought has been thrown out there nationally. We'll get into it next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Welcome back to the show. It is Super Bowl season for a couple teams. It's already it's already mock draft season for teams like the Arizona Cardinals. And this one caught my eye. There's as I always say, like I'll I'll certainly I'll check out Todd McShay's and Mel Kuyper's, and there's a few other ones that I, I take a look at. There's a ton of mock drafts out there, so it's hard to follow all of them. I do though like the mock draft tracker that we've had on ArizonaSports.com for a while now that will just go through and say, This is who everybody has the Cardinals taking. Now, picking 16, you're obviously going to need a much wider range than two years ago when it was everybody was either saying Nick Bosa or Kyler Murray. I think there was a couple Quinn and Williams that year. But every once in a while, there's one that really stands out. And Bucky Brooks of NFL.com has that one so far this season for the Cardinals. He goes through and, let's see, but has mock draft where he has the Jaguars taking, obviously Trevor Lawrence, and although he doesn't actually list his name. The Jets, they have, he has the Jets That's taking Justin how Fields. how understood it is. <laughs> that, that is weird. That's an odd typo. Um, so he has the Jets taking Justin Fields. Now, I will say this. Mel Kuyper, I've seen, have the Jets taking Devontae Smith, the wide receiver, the first wide receiver to win the Heisman since 1991, I believe, uh, the Alabama wide receiver. Bucky Brooks has the Cardinals taking Devontae Smith. At 16. So I'll just say this. 
if Devontae Smith is there at 16, there should be no debate, right? He's not going to be there. I, I don't. I, I'm trying to figure out the path that got him here for Buck, Bucky Brooks. Like, it's not crazy to me that he has the Cardinals taking him. It's crazy to me that he has him still available. He does have, he's got more quarterbacks. He's got Trey Lance going at eight to the Panthers. So maybe maybe it's pieces like that um, pushing Devontae Smith down. But this is what I've been saying all along. I've been saying this for a couple of years with the Cardinals, but especially when you're picking like the middle of the round. You have so many needs. If your option is the fourth best receiver or the second best cornerback, take the cornerback. If Devontae Smith is there, that's the best wide receiver, right? I know there's a couple other guys, but that's the guy. It's weird that he, if I remember that mock draft correctly, Bucky Brooks, he's not the first receiver taken off the board, right? Isn't Jalen Waddell or, and Jamar Chase, aren't they taken before They're the only Devontae ones. Smith? Yeah, he's got Jalen Waddell going to Detroit at 7. I don't see Jamar Chase, though. Oh, I, yeah, he has Chase going third. Wow, to the Dolphins. That's weird, right? That is strange. <laughs> like, how does the best receiver in the country, best quote-unquote best college football player this year, yeah. falling to number 16? I get the quarterback reason and maybe even some of the defensive players, but still. Well, that's that's the hidden value of, oh, you already have your quarterback, so you can watch other teams. We saw it last year in the draft. You can watch other teams kind of scramble that are picking in front of you that maybe have to reach on a quarterback Although the team that it looked like that was in front of the Cardinals that may have reached, quote-unquote, was the Chargers with Justin Herbert, and he ended up being the best quarterback of the group I thought so it was a reach. I'm yeah. raising my hand. Well, it just it, it, it was, out. It was an understandable reach because if you need a quarterback, you got to take a quarterback in the first round if there's a decent one there. But it did seem like on draft day that Isaiah Simmons might be a better all-around football player than Justin Herbert. Sure didn't look like that in, a, in year one by any means. But uh, yeah. If Devontae Smith is somehow there for the Cardinals at 16, you do it. You don't think twice. The other thing that is uh, is interesting, you kind of alluded to it right there, Cody. I mean, Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddell, if one of those guys is there, like let's say the same teams take receivers, so he has the Jets at two taking, uh, or I'm sorry, the Dolphins at three taking Chase, and he has the Lions at seven taking Waddell. Like what if what if the Dolphins take Smith, and the Lions take Chase, and then Waddle's there at 16. Are you doing that if you're the Cardinals? I would think it would have to depend on what else is available. Yeah. If somehow Patrick Sertan from Alabama, the corner, is there, you take him. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. South The South Carolina cornerback. Um, I forget his name. But I feel like if, De- <laughs> if Devontae Smith and those other guys are gone, and then... And then you have some corners there. I would take a corner because you don't know the future of your cornerback position yeah. right now if you're the Cardinals. Patrick Peterson's a free agent. Robert Alford never played for the Cardinals in his three years here. Uh, Byron Murphy's your only really known commodity at that spot. So I feel like you would have to... I don't know. I feel like you'd have to take a corner if those three receivers are gone. I, I think... And J.C. Horn is the corner you're thinking of from South Carolina. Um, he has him going to the 49ers at 12, so great. Cool. How do the 49ers always seem to get to pick towards the top of the draft, and yet they're always a threat to win the division? Uh, I think all things being equal, I'd probably lean corner first. Like, if it's the second-best corner and the second-best— Like, if, if, if the players are equal in terms of just being good, 
because of what you just said, we don't know who the Cardinals even have at corner next year. Now, Patrick Peterson, talking to Cameron Cox of 12 News, was asked flat out, again, this is 12 News with this audio, do you think, uh, well, (laughs) there's a couple here, do you think Larry Fitzgerald will come back, but also, how does it feel, Patrick Peterson, to be a free agent right now? You know, it's weird, you know, uh, technically, I, you know, I am a free agent, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, Mr. Bidwell and Steve Kimes are, and, you know, Cliff, I know it's out of Coach Cliff hands, but I know they, they understand what I mean to this team, how much I love the city, how much I love the locker room, and how much the guys look up to me. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I would love to be here. You know, I understand it's a business. And, um, you know, somewhere that I definitely call home, you know, getting drafted here in 2011 and, you know, you know, capturing some of the, the, the achieving some of the goals that I set up for myself in my career. So um, I hope they're able to make it right. But at the end of the day, it's a business. But, you know, I hope to stay home. Yeah. You know, it's a val- different tone than it is around this time of year. <laughs> or what was it? Two seasons ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Wanted out. Uh, it's not to the level of DeAndre Ayton polarizing Suns fans, but most Cardinals fans you talk to have a pretty strong opinion on whether or not they want Patrick Peterson back, and it's not all the same. Like there is either there's the group that's like, who else are we gonna get? Are we gonna just our entire secondary is gonna depend on Buda Baker, and then hopefully he gets help from Byron Murphy, and we draft somebody? Like, can you really do that if you intend to be a playoff team, and now you're in a division with Russell Wilson? and Matthew Stafford, and then who knows with the 49ers. Or there's the group that's like, he's not, he's not as good. Let's get him out of here. I think a lot of people were fed up with, with the stuff over the last couple years. The thing is, like at the end of the day, Patrick Peterson's going to go down in Cardinals history as one of the best Cardinals of all time. He's not that guy anymore, but he's still a very, eh, he's still a good corner, I should say. On any given day, he's a very good corner. Some days, yeah, he just kind of looks average. I mean, there's, there are some plays, if he's facing a truly elite receiver, Sometimes he looks average, but he's still good overall. And if you can get him at a better price, that's probably better if you intend to make the playoffs this year than going with like a rookie back there or just some guy you're going to pick up through free agency. Real quick before we hit the break, have to obviously play this too again from uh, from Channel 12 News with uh, with Cameron Cox. Patrick Peterson, do you think Larry Fitzgerald will come back for another season? Oh, man. This is the first time I have did not talk to Larry about his decision, but... Um, you know, watching Larry move around, you know, throughout the throughout the year, you know, um, throughout the locker room, loves the game. You know, he wants to be around the game, but it's all going to come down to how he feel his body can respond the week after. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if he feel that he can, you know, continue to play, I know he'll play. But if he feel like his body won't respond the way he wants it to respond, I think he'll hang it up. So it's ultimately. His decision, but this is the first year that I did not. Gosh, he didn't give me an answer. He's giving me an answer every year. (laughs) Oh, that makes makes my heart hurt. Yeah, Patrick Peterson, I would say, knows Larry Fitzgerald better than anybody in that locker room. Is that fair? At least any players on the team. He's probably been around the longest with Larry. I just, we obviously can't be in the locker room this year, but the last couple years I've been in the locker room for practice. And when you get to this point in the season or, you know, towards the end of the season, it's always like, hey, is Fitz going to come back? Fitz is not going to answer that question. You ask him that question, he's going to talk about golf that's on TV in the locker room. So everybody kind of goes over to Patrick Peterson. They're like, hey, is 
if it's going to come back. And Peterson, like, you could tell he knows as good as anybody. It doesn't sound like he does this year. And again, it's tougher when we're not in the locker room. But I do think this year it's it's a true 50-50. Um, yeah, maybe 55-45. I'm kind of thinking Fitz might retire. But that's, that is not me reporting it. That is not anything anybody has said to me. This is just the first time over these last three or four years, and it's a story every year, I'm slightly leaning. Do I need to fire the breaking news sounder? <laughs> you or what do, are you absolutely doing? do not. I still think there's a very good chance he comes back. But Cameron Cox there, he's right. Patrick Peterson's usually the guy to ask uh, to get the answer. All right, we come back. This has been building all season. Keyshawn Johnson. Not the Cardinals receiver, but the ESPN personality, the former New York Jet, the former USC Trojan, the guy that lost a bet to Burns and Gambo uh, as to whether or not the Cardinals would win more than seven games. Well, he was on with Burns and Gambo this afternoon. We'll play part of that next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. The Rundown Reload. Rundown Reload. Hour number two of the show, live from the Auction Community Studio. Luke Lipinski here, Cody Fincher, Jeff Darge behind the glass. It is the Rundown Reload. We'll begin with the Phoenix Suns. Their third straight win last night, this time in Dallas. That's two straight in Dallas, and it's a, it's a 3-0 mark against the Mavericks this season. Talk about beating the teams that you're going to have to compete with for playoff spot or playoff positioning. We thought Dallas was going to be one of those teams. They are not off to a good start this year at all. They're 8-13, and 13, the, uh, the Mavericks are. They're currently 13th in the Western Conference. The 14th place team in the Western Conference, who the Suns are going to play tomorrow when they face New Orleans. Really, New Orleans, if you look at all the games the Suns have played this season, that's their most dominant performance, isn't it? When They just absolutely trash New Orleans. The fourth game of the year, they beat them... 111-86, it wasn't even that close. Like they just they they owned the, the Pelicans in that game. Everything else has been relatively close this season, wins or losses. I guess the Washington loss wasn't very close, but we'll see if the Suns can follow that up. Those are two teams that I thought I thought the Mavericks would be a playoff team. I thought New Orleans would be there if the Suns stumbled and, and they might make life difficult for them in the race. Two teams right now that have, have not looked good at all, the Mavericks and uh, and the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, the Suns get the win last night. They get it in dramatic fashion, 109-108. So not only do they get the the victory, they get it in in a way that maybe can uh, can propel you going forward. Chris Paul asked about his confidence level when he sees Devin Booker throwing up the last shot with a second and a half left, down by two. All the confidence in the world. <laughs> we talk about it. Him, Clay Thompson, there's a few guys in this league who have the same looking shot every time. And when I, you know, spend and new book was coming there, if you just look like I could see him and he his eyes were huge. You knew he wanted the ball, and it's a big-time shot. And uh, Devin Booker, I think you can imagine how this answer is going to go, but he was asked how comfortable he is in a go-ahead situation like that. Um, I look forward to you know when the opportunity presents itself. You know That's why we work so hard. That's why we train so hard. Um, that's how I use the imagination in my workouts to put myself in those, in those situations. Um, you know, So we have multiple threats out there where – where you know teams kind of have to pick their poise, um, and it, it's good to be a part of, like I, like I just said. But you know, we we executed and we came out with with the, with the big one, right? And real quick too, Monty Williams, how his game plan changes. This is a nice. It's not even a problem. It's it's a nice luxury to have when you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker out there together. 
Well, our game plan, I mean, obviously we, we, we want to be a defensive team. We feel like we can be a top 10 defensive team over the course of this season. Uh, offensively, we just want different people to touch the ball, especially early in the game, and have a great balance. And then as far as those two guys are concerned, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's, it's been a work in progress, but I think you saw it tonight with those two guys, the combination of pick and roll and two-man game and, you know, playing with <clears throat> D.A. and Chris and Book with shooters around those guys. Offensively, we feel like we can, you know, get some production down the stretch with those guys. But we're still trying to figure it out. It's, it's not an exact science for us by any stretch, but we're working on it. Uh, over to just general NBA. They s- still seem to want to push for that All-Star game March 7th. We'll see if that uh, if that happens. You know, I understand. We talked about this in the first hour. I understand the desire to, to, to kind of showcase your best players. I get it, especially at a time when if you could play it safely, I'd, I'm more likely to watch the NBA All-Star game this year than I am uh, in years past. But the flip side is you're gathering all your best players and with as careful as the NBA has been, and I applaud them for it, both in the bubble last year and so far this year, that just seems like a needless risk. It really does. Would I watch the All-Star game this year? Yeah, more likely than in years past. Would I rather watch the NBA playoffs this year after a full season? Yes. So I I, I don't know. I, I really, I, I'm a little surprised that they are pushing for this, but they certainly are. Uh, NHL Coyotes in St. Louis right now playing the Blues and Major League Baseball. Uh, I, I, I think it's safe to say nothing we talk about bothers you more, does it, Bear, than Major League Baseball and their uh, their contract Lately, no. <laughs> uh, nothing good to say. This is Buster Olney with the understatement of the year that um, Major League Baseball has a bad relationship with the Players Union. Since the 2016 uh, negotiations on the current CBA, uh, in which the owners absolutely routed the Players Association, the two sides don't seem to be able to agree on anything. Um, and the biggest difference between now and, say, 10 years ago when Michael Weiner, the late Michael Weiner, was the head of the Players Association, there doesn't seem to be a lot of talk going on. Like, at a time when it does feel like that the sport would really benefit from folks being locked into a room and ordering pizza and kicking around ideas and saying, okay, let's figure this out, let's get this together, now the way that it seems to be is these negotiations are the two sides are essentially entrenched. Uh, the Player Association waits for Major League Baseball to afford an, uh, an offer, and then they either accept or reject it. Bear, you said it earlier. There's just no trust on either side. You said it last week. Um, you could have said it in July, too, I'm last sure. Last year. Yeah. <laughs> it's Look, what Buster only says right there is, I think, what frustrates a lot of us. It certainly is what frustrates me. Why isn't there a sense of urgency and if there is, it sure doesn't look like there is, to get this season... Go- like, why aren't you negotiating this stuff in November after the World Series? I get that the situation is fluid and I get that things are changing around the world, but it it really... The, the perception is that you guys care more about making the other side look bad than getting on the field on time. And they basically had a whole year... Yeah. To try to figure, okay, I mean, uh, unless they really thought that COVID was going to be gone in a year and just a thing of the past, which I wish that would be the case, but it's not. 
you'd think they would have some people that are designated to come up with ideas and think about this stuff maybe a little bit before two weeks before players are supposed to report for <laughs> spring training. But, I mean, I, I get last year why it was such a mess. A little bit. A I little mean, bit. They started in July. That was kind of ridiculous. The other sports are making them look bad. That's right, the thing. Exactly. But, like, cause, you know, a pandemic hits. What do you do? I mean, you know. Yeah. But now, now we're here a year later, and they still can't agree on stuff. And, again, the, it looks like from the outside, they all just realized, eh, wait, it's late January. It's early February. Spring training usually starts oh, right around. Crap. Yeah, we oh. should probably get on oh. this. Uh, one more from Buster Olney. This is what he calls the sticking point. The fight is over the tying of the universal DH to expanded playoffs. From the from the union's perspective, their feeling is, look, the universal DH is something everybody wants. Why should we have to give that up as a negotiating point? You need to give us something else if you want us to get, to get us to agree to expanded playoffs. Major League Baseball's feeling is, no, the universal DH uh, should be something that, that we can trade for expanded playoffs. So that is at the root of the current problem. Again, that debate right there, while I'm not saying it's not valid and, and everything is complicated when you get into this stuff and it's like, okay, yeah, that seems stupid. They're arguing over DH and they might not start the season on time because of that. Yeah, there's other stuff. It goes back and forth. I'm not going to sit here and try and, and, and make an argument that one side is more right than the other because every string you pull leads to another string. But that's Buster Olney, who knows more about baseball than just about anybody. Talking about the sticking point in these negotiations, I didn't hear anything about oh the pandemic or you know safety or play. You're arguing about it the wasn't DH about the pandemic yeah. last year. You're arguing when, about the DH in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> last year was about money. And, I mean, it's, it's always, always about, about money. money, but still, like, and now it was all all about money. Last it wasn't about oh we're going to do this for health and safety protocols, yeah. blah 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 blah. And now this year it's like well we want expanded playoff. Well we want the universal DH and the blah blah blah. It's just. <laughs> Stupid! It's yeah. stupid. Your season starts on April first. Yeah, I think you you said it best right in there. There's there's a pandemic, so you got to give them a little leeway. But the thing is, the NBA is figuring out a way to make it work. The NHL, the NFL, they're all figuring out ways to make it work. And baseball just seems like the sport that's arguing with themselves. All right, we come back. We're gonna play a new game. We are going to redraft the 2017 NFL draft. And uh, we're going to do it as an actual draft. We're not going to do the whole thing. We'll do the top 10 picks. It's a loaded draft. And obviously it has ties to this year's Super Bowl with uh, with Patrick Mahomes. And uh, we'll, we'll remind you who the Cardinals took as well. That's next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Luke Lipinski, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, we're going to try something new on the show. You know, we got we got the other games we play. We got fill in the blank, which we will play later. We got this or that. Been doing some top five lists, but we are going... This, this essentially came out of the fact that this is what we do during the breaks anyway. One of us will talk about some amazing player in one of the sports, and we'll be like, oh, who did the Cardinals take that year? And it wasn't him. And then Bear will look it up behind the glass for two minutes, and I can see him getting angry through the soundproof glass. I usually just go there for disappointment yeah. <laughs> and pain. You did it like over the weekend, a couple weekends ago, didn't you? What, what draft was that? Oh my I, gosh, I don't even remember. Um, it was like a week... I think it was during the uh, AFC and NFC Championship games. I, know you yeah. t- I think you tweeted about it. I did. 
Um, this is how prevalent it is, though. You can't even remember exactly which one. So how we, much I do this. Yeah. So we decided what we're going to do is we're going to pick a, a sport and a draft, and we're just going to do this as a segment probably once a week. We'll see how it goes. And we may do it a little bit differently in the future. We may just draft actual teams from each draft. But for tonight, we are just drafting. We're redrafting the 2017 draft because that is the year Patrick Mahomes came in, obviously trying to win his second consecutive Super Bowl uh, this upcoming Sunday. I remember what it was. What was it? I found my tweet. It was trying to figure out where Devontae Adams was drafted Uh-oh. and who the Cardinals could have taken instead. Yeah. So where if they could have taken him and who they picked instead. They absolutely could have taken him. By the way, it was the first round of that year's draft. It was Dayon Buchanan. And then the second round, one pick before Green Bay picked Devontae Adams, the Cardinals drafted tight end Troy Nicholas. And not quite as good. I mean, I know it's still early, but would you say Devontae Adams is probably going to have a better career than Troy Nicholas? I, I would I would guess that, okay. yes. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. We've, we've gone draft sorry. within a draft. Uh, so this we're going to do 2017 draft. Quickly, this is who the Cardinals took that year. Hassan Reddick, 13th overall, obviously, in the first round. They went Buda Baker in the not second. Not who they wanted to pick in the first round, mm, I don't think. No. Uh, Chad Williams in the third, Dorian Johnson in the fourth, Will Holden and TJ Logan in the fifth, Rudy Ford in the sixth. That's who the Cardinals took. We're going to go, uh, Mickey Mouse has made an appearance. We're, we're going to go back and forth. Cody, I'm going to let you pick first. We're not picking based on the team or the need. We're just basically picking the 10 best players from the draft. If, if they drafted in that order, who would go one through 10? All right. I think one's pretty easy. Yeah, you have an easy pick here. Patrick Mahomes. All right. I think two's pretty easy, too. Yeah, uh, so let's just get through the first two. I'll take Deshaun Watson with the second pick. Um, The thing is, I remember watching that draft that night with a couple Cardinals fans. I believe, actually, at Buffalo Wild Wings. And they all wanted Deshaun Watson, who, I mean, the Cardinals... So did I. Yeah, so did I. I I will... I will 100% say of the three quarterbacks that went at the top of this draft, I thought Mitch Trubisky would be horrible, and he is. I thought Deshaun Watson— I didn't even know who Mitch Trubisky was. When you're you're reaching to take a guy that wasn't even that successful in college because of something at the Combine, or I don't even know what. But I did think Deshaun Watson would be better than Patrick Mahomes, and he isn't. Patrick Mahomes may be the best quarterback in NFL history. You wouldn't be upset right now if if you were the Cardinals and you took Deshaun Watson that year. I mean, there's talk of trying to trade for Deshaun Watson now when you even have a good quarterback. Yeah. But Mahomes, the clear one. Deshaun Watson, the clear two. I will say this, though. This draft is difficult. absolutely loaded. We could have done the top 30 in this draft and had good players. And this is only from a couple years ago. I'm already adjusting uh, my top 10. Really? I'm going to say number three, Alvin Kamara. Ooh, okay, okay. So Kamara's gone at three to bear. Um... Yeah, I have my top eight. We're doing ten. After that top eight, I have a list of uh, like 14 more I'm going to choose from on the fly. <laughs> so, Okay, so you go I have Kamara. the Wikipedia list in front of me yeah, right now. Just, just the entire draft. Uh, okay, I got to take Christian McCaffrey at four if he's there. So yes. we're going Mahomes. Um, we're going Deshaun. Okay, you went Kamara. I went McCaffrey. And again, we're not doing this based on position or need. We're not drafting our own teams, although I think in the future we may try and fill out like a quarterback, yes, running back, that receiver. that would be fun. But in this particular draft that's so loaded, we're just going to go top um, 10 best available. I'm going to go we're at, we're at number five now, right? Yeah. Uh, Miles Garrett. Yeah, that's a good pick. Who was the number one pick that year. He was. Well, and I don't think. Well, I mean, obviously, Cleveland would rather have Mahomes or Deshaun, but uh, it's not a bad pick. Although he's he's been good he recently. Has. He's yeah. He kind of wasn't. 
that great uh, at the start of his career, but well, he had an incident. But uh, but no, I mean oh, one of yeah. the best, one of the best this year. <laughs> um, I forgot yeah. about that. But uh, no, uh, certainly not a bad pick by Cleveland. And if you weren't taking him there, I would have. All right. So number six. Number six. I am going to go with the guy that went 146th in this draft. Ooh, I'm going to really? go with George Kittle. Ah, okay. And that is when you play that game. And look, every team passed on Kittle, even sure, the 49ers, sure. multiple times. When you play that game of like, oh, who did the, could the Cardinals have had in this draft? Like, okay, they realistically couldn't that's, add Deshaun. That's like the flaw of the DK Metcalf argument. Like, oh, my team passed. I'm like, well, so did every other team, yeah, yeah. including the Seahawks. True. But but it still sucks. Kittle, I mean, I'm just trying to see who the Cardinals... Uh, it well, was Dorian Johnson, I think. Yeah. They could have taken Kittle over Dorian Johnson or Chad Williams. Because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, pull it together back there. Uh, still got four more picks. Oh, my gosh. We're with number seven, right? Yeah. I'm going to go with Marshawn Lattimore. Oh, Lattimore. Okay, good He's one. Good really one. good. Yeah. this He <laughs> was so good in that... Um, uh, I think it was the Christmas Day game. I needed, I needed uh, somebody on my team to go off. I forget who the Saints were even playing. And Minnesota. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I needed Justin Jefferson. Yep. <laughs> I remember. And he, your team. Ended up, he ended up having garbage time points, but Lattimore was all over him. And Justin Jefferson is is a really good, already really good receiver. Yeah. And it's crazy how he didn't really give him an inch. He's he's a really good cornerback. Yeah, Lattimore's a good pick. There's a lot of good secondary players in this draft. I, I think as as we do more drafts in the future and we bounce around from sport yeah. to sport, we're going to find this is one of the most loaded ones of all time. Yes. But it's crazy that, again, this draft isn't even four years old. And we are talking about like Hall of Fame caliber players with Mahomes, obviously, uh, McCaffrey, Deshaun. I mean, these guys got some work to do. McCaffrey's got to stay on the field. Kamara, sir, I mean, Kamara had six touchdowns in that Christmas Day game you're yeah. talking about. All right, so at number eight... This is, I'm gonna, this is getting really difficult. Yeah, I'm going to go defense, and I'm going to okay. go TJ Watt at number That's eight. That's a good pick there. Didn't start amazing, but again, we're only a couple years into his career. He's led he the is. AFC in sacks the last couple years, hasn't he? Yeah, I'm just, just like his rookie year wasn't like light the world on fire. Right. Like, but no, but he's, he's been, been amazing. Come on, yeah, uh, uh, he's the better Watt at this point. He's the better Watt brother. So we are on number nine. Yeah, so should we recap who's gone so far? Sure. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Miles Garrett, George Kittle, Marshawn Lattimore, and TJ Watt. The first eight picks in our in our redraft of the 2017 draft. And like I said, we're not going to get to 10 really good players. All right. I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. Uh, see, now you're making this tough on me. Okay. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> this... This tenth one's really hard. Yeah, it's really difficult. Okay, I'm uh, just for the purposes of radio. I'm assuming if you're driving around, you're not looking. Please don't look at look at this draft yeah, be right safe. now. Dang it! So Dalvin Cook going ninth. I'm going to talk through some of the names that are available. Okay, these are all from the 2017 draft, and they're not in the top nine. Uh, Leonard Fournette. I'm not taking him. Um, Marshawn Lattimore is already gone, but how about this in the secondary? Jamal Adams, Marlon Humphrey, Tredavious White, oh, oh. Buda Baker, uh, Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah, Juju, uh, Aaron Jones. By the way, Packers running back, the 182nd pick in this draft. I think it was like a compensatory pick or something. Oh, Kareem, Kareem Hunt. 
Yeah, Kareem Hunt. Um, Shaq Griffin, he's pretty good. Yeah, Shaquille he is. Griffin. Ryan Ramchick, the tackle, who grades out a lot of times as the best tackle in any given week around the NFL. James Conner is a decent running back. Eddie Jackson is a good safety. Yeah, Evan Ingram is, is a decent tight end. I mean, he wouldn't. He's he probably right. wouldn't even go in our first round he's if we were right. doing the whole draft. Boy, this is a tough one. The thing is, all those guys in the secondary are <sighs> Jamal Adams, Marlon Humphrey, Tredavious White. Buda Baker, all very good, all very even. I almost feel yeah, like Zane Gonzalez is in this draft. Oh, well, I didn't think about that. Hold on, this changes everything. The seventh round pick. I think instead of getting involved in that mess in the secondary, I might just go Chris Godwin. You think that's crazy? Hmm. <sighs> no. The problem he's is he's really good. He is. He is playing right now. By the way, with his. Index, I'm pretty sure his index and middle finger taped together, and his ring finger and pinky on one of his hands taped yeah. together. He's playing like Doc, uh, Mr. Spock, <laughs> and he's catching all these footballs. I don't understand how he's catching he's, the he's ball. He's their best receiver. He's so good. He is Tampa Bay's. He's the best receiver on a team that might win the Super Bowl. In a I had him days. in fantasy last year or the year before, and I'm like, I don't even know who this kid is. Yeah, and man, man, you know what though? Did we we, we didn't really take any receivers. I have Kittle. I really just want to take Buddha. I really just want to take Buddha. I have him, uh, just to give it away, I have him as my 10th best yeah. player. I'm, you know what? Screw it. We're in Arizona. Yeah, and it's my not? draft. Buda it's Baker. my game. It's our show. And I'm taking Buddha Baker. And I'll take Buddha Baker. I understand Tredavious White might go higher in a neutral city draft, but this is Phoenix, Arizona. Give me Buda Baker as the 10th <laughs> pick. Sorry. Sorry to Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, uh, Jamal Adams, Marlon Humphrey, Tredavious White, Cooper Cup, Kenny Galladay, <laughs> Juju Smith Schuster, Aaron Cooper Jones. Cooper Cup was in this draft too. Yeah. I did. I glossed yeah. over his name. Yeah. Kenny Galladay is in this draft. And he, if he could stay healthy, he was really talented. He's really talented, but it is absurd. Um, didn't, Crazy. Neither one of us had Mitch Trubisky in our top ten. Oh, that's, wonder, that's hmm, interesting. If we had the Bears doing this draft with us, they would have jumped in and been like, no, we need the first pick. We're taking Mitch. You guys can have Mahomes. <laughs> All right, so that is a Take game. that Mahomes guy. <laughs> Pronounce his name wrong. Uh, that is a game we don't have a name for. What if we call it Final Draft? Rough draft. We'll, we'll work. On, I like rough draft. Okay, we'll go rough draft. We'll work on this rough draft. I, I don't want to go redraftables because it sounds too much like a lot of other uh, shows and podcasts. So <laughs> we'll go rough draft for now. That's the working title. We'll do it again next week. But that was the 2017 NFL draft. All right, this is the rundown with Luke Lipinski. We come back. We'll switch gears to college basketball here from Bobby Hurley on the rundown on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Final segment of the show here on this Tuesday evening. Luke Lipinski, Cody Fincher, Bear behind the glass. We're going to play a round of fill in the blank right now. I like the uh, I like the rough draft segment. I think we're going to do that more. We've stumbled onto something here. Yeah, based we're... on my self-inflicting <laughs> pain. Yes, we can habits. As long as we can harness your your uh, your pain. For our own entertainment and amusement. That's really what radio is all about. So, uh, so yeah, we'll be doing that again probably, I don't know, we'll try and do it once a week. Um, but this is uh, a traditional favorite. The fill-in-the-blank, very simple. I have four scenarios for Bear with uh, their sentences with one word missing. He's got to fill them in. You want to do it as quickly as possible. We can talk about it afterwards, but you're supposed to just first reaction, and he's got four from me. So, Bear, do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. Okay. It's. I don't know if you saw this earlier. Oh. It's finally happening. 
EA Sports. No, that's one is, of my questions. EA Sports <laughs> is bringing back yeah. NCAA football, that great video game series. Um, I think it's been gone for like eight years. Yeah. It's ridiculous. 2013. Yeah. So I'll ask you this. Your favorite video game of all time okay. is blank. This is what this is why I had five questions. I did not think this was going to be the one we were going to double up on, but yes, that it's great news. Um, my favorite game. So you're saying my specific favorite, yes. not necessarily the best, not the best. Your favorite. You could say the best too if you well, want. I think I think respect has to be given to the Madden franchise as the best. If you want to go way old school, like the second Tecmo Bowl is still playable. <laughs> and they still, they there's a site, I don't know if they did it this past year, but there's some site, possibly illegal, I don't know, online. <laughs> but they update all the rosters, so you oh, can still really? play with like with all the new teams. That's cool. That's like the only old game that's <laughs> still playable. I uh, never, I've never played Tecmo Bowl. You got to play Tecmo Super Bowl. If you're going to play. Super Bowl. But Madden, I mean, I think Madden is the answer. For me, I uh, NHL, like... Early 2000s was really good. And Dark Horse Candidate, even though I'm not a huge soccer guy, FIFA is great. FIFA is hard. It is. But when you Like, I thought I was decent at it, and then I played one of my friends. I'm like, oh, I'm terrible at this game. Yeah. He could. Just, he scored like eight goals on me. Like, but it is. It, it FIFA is a very fun game, depending on the year, obviously, and everything. But yeah, uh, what about you? Uh, my favorite. Um, I really love the MLB The Show oh, okay. franchise. Yeah, which now, if you didn't see, they just they just announced a bunch of stuff. Well, they announced this earlier. It's going to be on Xbox now. It was a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, since like '06, and now MLB kind of. Force them to do cross platform. Maybe that's what they MLB were going to pull the license. Doing. But it's a good move, I think. Uh, Xbox will now have a good baseball video game. But uh, Fernando Tatis is on the cover. It looks really cool. Nice. Hopefully, uh, I finally got my PlayStation Five. Did I tell you? Well, you, I, <laughs> I gathered because you were you've been a lot happier the last few. I weeks. stopped complaining about it. Yeah, <laughs> I finally got it. So I'm looking forward to playing that that game on it. But yeah, I would say especially of the sports ones, that's probably my favorite. Well, that's good because you may have to play out the entire baseball season for us. I'll do it. Seem to get yeah. Okay. The Diamondbacks will win the World Series. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, well, we've talked about the uh, the potential for the NBA trying to force the All Star game through this year. So, Bear, the best all-star event in any sport is blank. Ooh, I, I've i never seen the NHL's all-star game. I don't really know what that comprises of. Okay. Um, I would say the NBA. Well, but like specific, like I'm talking like dunk, oh, three-point, slap shot, oh, home run derby. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. So um, I guess I should have said skills event. Uh. I would say the um, I really enjoy the home run derby. Yeah, it's that just is a like classic. the purest one. But other than that, I really like the three point shooting contest. Yeah, the dunk contest is hit or miss sometimes. The dunk contest I get like historically, like guys don't want to do it because I don't. Yeah. I'm like, okay, dude. But like Steph back in Curry the day- and Clay Thompson are in the three point. Yeah. It's not messing <laughs> them up, you know. Back back in the day, like the 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 true like dunk highlights, like when all the greatest players would do it. I'm sure that was the best event. But in terms of basketball, I'm with you. The three because there's no, I like the events where there's not 
judging. It's just like, did the ball go in or it didn't? Did the ball go over the fence yeah. in the home run derby? Uh, do, you, in, uh, do, do you like the uh, horse, game of horse they play? Yeah, I don't mind it. <laughs> I don't mind it. But, uh, but What I, about the celebrity game? Do you watch the celebrity game? I do for a little bit and then I get frustrated because I feel like it's the NBA and they could put together like, I feel like any celebrity would, would be willing to play in the yeah. NBA. Uh, but nowadays game. it's like, the celebrity game, I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. Yeah. Why are you famous? Oh, you're on TikTok? Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, well, if that's the case, maybe I won't watch. Um, all right. Yeah, I just turn. gave myself reason not to watch that ever again. Uh, okay. I would watch a three-point shootout of TikTok stars, though. <laughs> all the air pulse. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady, apparently, I don't know where he said it, but he recently said that he will, quote, definitely consider playing past the age of 45. So I'll ask you, Tom Brady will retire when he's blank. This is a great question. So he's 43 right now. Um, plays next year. I'm going to say he will retire when he's 45. After his, okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say he has two more seasons after this. Because okay. his legacy, you, he's got nothing to prove. He's not chasing a ring, especially if he wins this year. Like if I were him, I might retire right on the field if I won again this year and beat Patrick Mahomes. I get that he doesn't want to do that. I think he'll still be great next year and probably pretty good the year after. I'm going to say 45. Um, okay. Deshaun Watson will finish finish next season on the blank. Oh, you really think that, <laughs> that just opens up my mind? Like, could they trade him midseason? The Texans? No, well, no, I don't. No. I don't know, but I wanted to because if he's still on the Texans, like a year I, from now, he's a Texan. I'm going to say, hmm, I really don't want to say what I think I'm going to say. Oh boy, <laughs> the internal conflict and struggle. I'm going to say the Fincher. Dolphins. Okay. I'm going to say the Dolphins. That's not what you almost I, said. I almost said the 49ers. I think the more I look at this, and I, the more I look at this, I think the reason that we're worried about the 49ers getting him is more of like just the fear of something bad happening to an Arizona team. The Correct. Dolphins make a lot more sense. Well, can you imagine the Texans trade up right in front of the Cardinals to draft Deshaun Watson, and then they're going to trade? They could trade him to their division rival. Thanks, Houston. Come on. Well, thanks for DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, thank you for DeAndre Hopkins, though. That was a real thanks. This would be a sarcastic thanks. Uh, I'm with you. I think I think Dolphins makes the most sense. I know the Jets can give you a bunch of picks. I may need a quarterback. Yeah. Back if I'm if I'm Houston. Yeah. Um, well, they could give Sam Darnold, but do you really want to build around Sam Darnold? I don't know. Uh, he's probably better than he showed in New York. That doesn't mean he's good. Yeah. All right. Speaking of the NFC West, Matthew Stafford traded over the weekend to the Rams Ugh. for Jared Goff and two first-round picks. Who knew Matthew Stafford would get so much? Deshaun Watson's going to get triple that. Yeah. He should anyway. I did not think it was going to take that much to get Stafford. So I think we all can realize and accept that Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in this division. Yes. But the second best quarterback in the NFC West is blank. A side note, the Rams now are going to not have a first-round pick for seven straight yeah, years. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's not we'll going to hurt them. We'll be in the next <laughs> it's, it's not even hurting them because they've yeah. already gone through some of those years. Uh, as I answer this on February 2nd, the second-best quarterback in the NFC West is Kyler Murray. I'm very confident. Okay. All I, right. I think he's better than Stafford, although, man, Stafford, McVay having Stafford to run his offense is scary. Ugh. Uh, but Deshaun Watson's not on the 49ers yet, so I'm going to go. 
Yeah, it's Kyler Murray. So what? So the quarterbacks right now would go Wilson. C- yeah, Wilson, Kyler, Stafford, and Jimmy G. And then coaches would go McVay, Carroll, Carroll, Shanahan, and Cliff. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. Ugh. All right. No, no pressure, Kyler. Um, okay, on to better things. <laughs> Watching Devin Booker and Chris Paul on the floor at the same time makes you feel warm and fuzzy, <laughs> calm and collected. Yeah, it is. It's, it's fun. It's a comforting feeling, right? Yeah, and it's it's fun to have two guys that can hit big shots. Yep. And Chris Paul, I mean, to start the season wasn't playing that well, playing okay, not playing bad, but... Now, I mean, dang, can we play the Mavericks every every game, please? Because he lights them up. 68 and 4 if they played the Woo. Mavericks every game. Yeah, I those two, I really, like I said earlier in the show, I really like how well they play off each other off the floor, too, where it's like, no, we can both learn from each other. And that says a lot about Devin Booker's character, because this has been his team. It says maybe even more about Chris Paul's character. He really has learned enough. He doesn't need to learn from anybody, but he's like, no, I, we force each other to get better. So, yeah, uh, warm and fuzzy is a good answer. <laughs> All right, my last one here. Uh, to nobody's surprise, we've gone over this a couple times. The MLB Players Association rejected <laughs> rejected <laughs> the, the anger in your voice. <laughs> rejected the owner's proposal to delay the season. So for now, looks like we're going to begin the season on time. April 1st is the is, is opening day. I'll ask you. ML the MLB season will actually begin on blank. Uh, I think they're going to go back and forth. They're going to push it back. Hold on. I'm pulling up a calendar to see what day would make sense. April 1st. You know what? I will say, I'll say April 15th. I'm going to say April 15th. They're going to push it back a little bit. When are taxes due, by the way? That would be fitting if they were, is that April 15th? I feel like it's around there, the 14th or something like that. Um, Yeah. I'm going to say April 15th. I think they're going to push it back a little bit. They're going to argue about a bunch of stuff none of us cares about, and then they're just going to end up playing. So I'm going to say April 15th. I do think they're going to play a few less games than 162 as well. Yeah, I think so, too. All right. You took my EA Sports question, so this one is somewhat generic. No, you're not. Last one, though. The Super Bowl MVP on Sunday will be blank. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. All right. I just didn't know if you were going to get crazy and go like McCole Hardman or something. Um, Yeah. All right. We're going to do Super Bowl props tomorrow, so we're going to get some crazy ones in there, or at least I'm going to bring some When's the last time a non-quarterback won the Super Bowl MVP? Mm, It hasn't been that long, I don't think. I'll look that up. I can't remember. It hasn't hasn't been as long as you would think. Okay. All right. That's going to do it for us here tonight. Thanks for listening. Thanks to uh, to Cody Fincher behind the glass, Jeff Darge as well. I'm Luke Lipinski. This has been The Rundown on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.